Hi, I'm Conan Tobias, the editor-in-chief and publisher of Tattle Creek. Welcome to the special Halloween edition of the Tattle Creek podcast. I'm here today with author Derek McCormick. Hi, Derek. Oh, hello, Conan. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Good. It's good to have you here today. Thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me. I was I got some vaccinations today, so I'm feeling a little... Um... That's very scary. Oh, no, it's okay. I got vaccinated for um, horniness, mm-hmm. loneliness, and hope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'll be fine. So how are you now. feeling? Uh, I'm feeling better than I did before I was inoculated against those things. <laughs> Good. Um, thank you for coming. I know you don't like to travel north of Gore. <laughs> it took forever. I know, I know. We're only two blocks north here at the Tele Creek studio. But uh, I know even that is a chore for you. I don't know. It, it felt it's... like... Um... It felt like hours, mm-hmm. but it was such a relief to see your building looming on the horizon. <laughs> of one block north yeah. of, of Bloor Street. <laughs> well, thank you for taking the time out for this special Look, I'm occasion. Re- I'm really delicate. There's nobody else we'd rather have here for this oh, special this. Halloween edition. Oh my gosh, thank you. Well, you're sort of our, our Halloween editor at large. You edited our Halloween issue in 2008. Yeah, 2008. 2008, yeah. Where, where have you been? Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> in bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You have a new book out, speaking of seven years. Yeah, sorry about that. It's called The Well-Dressed Wound. Yeah. You're sorry it's been so long, or you're sorry about the book? Both. Both. Okay. It's called The Well-Dressed Wound. It is the third part of your loose trilogy, your loose haunted hillbilly trilogy. I call it, yeah, it's, I would loosely call it a loose trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, Starting with The Haunted Hillbilly and The Show That Smells. Yeah, because I never really advertised it as such. No. And it's certainly nowhere in any of the books does it say it's a trilogy. Um it's trilogy in my mind. Mm-hmm. That is, I think that I'm done with country music stars being part of it. Mm-hmm. So that's, it's, in my mind, I call it the country music trilogy. Okay. And now it's over. So there won't be a fourth part of the country music trilogy. This no, there is might it. be. All right. Okay. <laughs> like a Douglas Adams style trilogy. <laughs> I, I, it, it's not like the obsession ended. It's just that the things I've been writing since have been about TV shows Aside from the country music stars, is there a connection outside of just in your mind between these three books, do you feel? Well, there's also, obviously, the fashion connection. There's Nudie in The Haunted Hillbilly and Elsa Scaparelli. I should say fashion designers as villains. Scaparelli in The Show That Smells, and on this one, The Devil playing Martin Margiela. Um, They're all French even though they're not. Margiela's Belgian, and Nudie was, what, a Pole who moved to California, but he's French in the book. Um, There is a lot of hope and happiness, family ties, deep secrets revealed. Mm -hmm. The sort of stuff that um, people expect from me. Mm Mm-hmm. That's not what I expect from you, but, but that's <laughs> There's all right. of those things. I know. I, I read it in um, when you were coming up in the elevator again today. In fact, in the new book, there's really nothing in it. <laughs> I was going to say, what, what, I, what I like about this book is that most authors would um, use a larger font to disguise the fact that their book is so short. And what you've done instead is just have a, lar- a lot of largely blank pages. And I think that's very brave. <laughs> Well, I've tried the large font on the other books, mm-hmm. and I find that they keep getting classified as large print books yeah. online. So we didn't want to mislead anyone. Mm-hmm. This is just a book that there's barely any book there. Um, 
I mean, I could say the white space is charged with meaning or something, but come on, let's be honest. It's a notebook with my name. Yeah, I think anyone who knows your work knows that's not true. (laughs) And that it's just pure laziness on your part. (laughs) Was it hard to find someone who could uh, bind a book the size of the spine? (laughs) Well, you know, I just saw the book recently and I fully expected it to be stapled. Mm Mm-hmm. It wasn't. We'd, we actually talked about it last year before it came yeah. out, and you actually were serious. You actually seriously said you thought it was going to be a, a pamphlet-sized book. Well, from what I understood from Semiotext, the publisher, it was going to be part of a series of uh, basically chapbooks that they did for the Whitney Biennial last year, and they did I can't remember the number. It was at least forty, a ton of great authors, but they were really small, stapled books. Uh, then a couple of books from that series came out with binding. I didn't think mine would be one of them just because of the page count. But um, they did a really, really heroic job, I think, getting words, getting a spine on it and then getting words onto the spine. Because um, now it's just going to dominate shelves. <laughs> Will you, as you've done in the past with some of your other books, do you think you'll combine the trilogy into one regular size book eventually? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know simply because, well... I should it, the trilogy's done so far. It might continue, and also I don't know how my publishers feel about that. I can't imagine. I don't know how many copies ECW published of the other ones, but I'm sure they're still sitting on eighty percent of them. So I don't know why they would republish them. They could just they could just take the unsold copies and re- put just put a new cover around them, bind them, bind the actual printed copies together. That? Possibly. Well, I'm not a book binder. Whatever they want to do, if they just want to put them together and put an elastic band or whatever, we could call it. That works too. The omnibus mm-hmm. version. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it is up, as you said, with uh, semi-text. Yes. Uh, are they publishing it in Canada as well? Yes. Yes. And yeah. it's out. It's out now. It is out now. So this it's actually just before Halloween as we're recording this, but this will be out on Halloween. It is. So yeah. it'll it will be out on Halloween. It is. I didn't plan and, it or have any input in when it came out, but um, I do often. No, that's not true. Wish book came out in the spring, I think. But I do have an affinity with Halloween. My books, I do seem to do book events. That's fine. That's that's why you're here for the Halloween podcast. This is not coincidence. Yes. (laughs) Um, So, what did you think of the book, Conan? I did just. I honestly did just read it again today. uh, On while you're on your way over, I love it as I love all your books. Of course, I joke about the complete lack of anything in it, but. it's hard... I think I think for someone it's, you know as, as short as it is I think if for people that don't know your work it's probably still a tough book. Yes. Yes. I mean it's a hard book to love, don't you think? Well, I think everything about you is hard to love, Derek. <laughs> but we do it anyway. <laughs> you're, you're lovable, but it's hard. <laughs> uh, very few people do it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's sort of a nasty little piece of work. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's pretty nasty. If if that's an intro to my work, yeah, I don't I. I feel like that it's... Uh, it's probably your least accessible book. It is, yeah. Yes. Although I feel it has... So as nasty as your books are, they're usually very accessible, at least. Yeah, there's comic foils or there's romance. That you, I mean... If you I, want to call it romance, sure. I call... I A couple of the books have... Well, the other two books have... Yeah, a male and a female in love being torn apart, which I understand some of my readers relate to or find interesting i only ever write them as a cruel joke um the interest to me is all in villains and uh the people doing nefarious things um this one has no heroes at all um and even the figures who should be heroes like lincoln 
Abraham Lincoln, they don't get to say anything. Yeah, I'm not even going to try and explain for readers what the book <laughs> is about, but uh, they should just go out and pick it up for themselves. It's, oh, yeah. As, as difficult as a read it might be, it is a quick read. You said you had a story you told me earlier today about someone. Oh, yeah, someone came in to type books and bought it and said, oh, I can't wait to read it, and I'm going to go start and get a coffee and start. And then they came back really 10 minutes later and said, that was really good. <laughs> and I felt bad about having taken their money. What are they charging for this thing? Twelve ninety-five. That's no, that's not too bad. I mean, twelve ninety-five American, so that's like twenty-three ninety-five. A magazine's nine or ten dollars these days. Uh, but a, a this is nowhere near. It has things to read. As thick as a magazine. <laughs> I would hope that people would reread this. Um, I don't know why they would, but it was my hope. I guess maybe because I've reread it seven hundred times, mm-hmm. um, and I certainly tried to have some, mo- I don't call it momentum, it's not like narrative momentum, but I tried to sustain a tone of really hurt rage. And um, in fact, when I was almost finished the book, I had plans for it to be much longer in other scenes and people to do, but I found that I was losing my sense of hurt rage and that I didn't want it to become in any way like a quality readable thing. Yeah. So I gave, oh, it's not. I gave, it's not. So, so I gave up and thought, it's done. That's it. And when, then, you, when you say longer, more blank pages or more words? <laughs> yeah, I wanted some pages at the back for notes or autographs <laughs> okay. or whatever people wanted to do with them. Mm-hmm. Recipes. Mm-hmm. I love all of your books. They're all right here on this little hay bale. We've decorated the studio for you today. We are. It's like a for Halloween, Halloween hoedown here. It is. It's all your books up there, all, all stacked together. They equal the, the thickness of one regular book. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a hay bale, yeah. and there's skulls, and um, plastic pumpkins. And we're wearing costumes. Yes. Yes. What's mine again? <laughs> um, you, I, you tell me. It's horrible, whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of Halloween, you, all, you have an exhibit on right now as well, do you not? At the Fisher Library? Yes. With Ian Phillips? Yeah, I had nothing to do with it. Oh. And they, well, good job. They... A very nice person there let me know about it when I was up. They're nice people there. Um, well, they, you know, they bought my papers. Oh. So all, all of my manuscripts. So was that, was that like a binder? <laughs> no, because I also keep all the bad reviews I get. <laughs> okay. Um, Derek's, pa- that's, I'm sorry, that's, Derek's papers is hilarious. Like, <laughs> I can't imagine. I have kept every scrap of everything, but more importantly, every draft of everything, and they Mm -hmm. took all that. And an unpublished novel that I wrote, Mm -hmm. um, Between Dark Rides and Wishbook. I can't remember the title of it. I was actually surprised when I found it. I didn't, I had forgotten about it and forgotten that I kept it. Why was it unpublished? It was terrible. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was a book that I just... (laughs) (laughs) Was it too long? (laughs) Um, It was... uh, you know, it was one of those times I have them almost every year where I think, I'm going to write an ambitious novel that crosses the continent and has interesting characters. And I've learned now not even to try because I don't have the talent or imagination to do it. But the time I thought I was on the ascendant that I could do a tackle a big ambitious project like that. And then I realized that, no, I couldn't. And I wrote Wishbook. Hmm. I cannibalized it for Wishbook. But if somebody wants to read this unpublished novel, they can go to the Thomas Fisher Library at the University of Toronto and read your Um, Probably. Read your book. I'm thinking now that I've said that, that I might mm-hmm. put a timestamp on it. 
So it's yeah, your, maybe, it's your day the clown cried. Maybe in fifty years, someone <laughs> yeah. can go look at it. I can't imagine why anyone would. But um, so anyway, they're very nice to me. And then uh, yeah. So what is the exhibit that's on? So the exhibit is um, uh, pieces of Halloween-related ephemera that Ian and I, Ian Phillips and I, have generated since the late '90s. So it includes a copy of Halloween Suite, which he published in '98 which is an excerpt from Wish Book. It includes um, something I did in Tattle Creek, which he illustrated. I saw that. Um, and it includes a copy of The Haunted Hillbilly, the Canadian edition that Ian illustrated. And it includes ephemera from Hands, which is short for the Holiday Arts Mail Order School, which is a mail art project that we uh, started about six years ago and which we're finishing this year. Um, the Holiday Arts Mail Order School specifically is a mail art project in which Ian and I created an imaginary school in the 1930s in Peterborough, Ontario. And people signed up for a course in Halloweenology. It involved five lessons which we would mail to them, and then people had to mail back art projects. I flunked out of that course, unfortunately. I a didn't, lot of people I didn't, did. I didn't finish. Well, a lot of people started with good intentions, and then they found it so tedious reading my writing. <laughs> Or having to pay the postage to send it back to Peterborough. But fortunately, a number of artists did finish it. Almost all visual artists. And, um, and... Some more fans of Ian's than fans of yours, probably. Okay. Oh, well, that yeah. goes yes. without saying. Yes. Okay. Um, we should just mention Ian Phillips, of course, is fans of Tattle Creek. And of yours, no, is illustrator, publisher of Potashans Press. Yes. He was Tattle Creek's in-house illustrator for 10 years. Yeah. He designed... Initially designed, co-designed with me, Tad, our beatnik mascot. Oh, lovely. Yes, he's on the wall right here. Mm -hmm. He is. Ian's yeah. a genius, and yeah. I've worked with him since... And he's done many of your books. Yeah, since Wish Books, since mm -hmm. 98, mm -hmm. 97 or 98, we started working. You are the reason that uh, Ian ended up in Tattle Creek. Oh, well, that's good. Mm -hmm. So I'm not all bad. No. Mm -hmm. um, not entirely. Anyway, mm -hmm. Ian and I put together, I guess it was... Just before I got sick, so four years ago, we put together a haunted house, which ran at the Toronto Art Fair for Hams, which showed student projects. And then this December, knock on wood, we'll have a Halloween store before Christmas. Good timing. Toronto, Good timing. Where we're going, well, you can do all your holiday shopping there and buy... It's not the right holiday, but yes. Cool pennants or clocks or um, knickknacks mm -hmm. and also buy the yearbook that all mm -hmm. the student art will be featured in. And we're going to put the pressure on Ian Phillips now in the hopes that he will make some more Halloween sweets. To, yeah, which is said, my favorite book ever. Just We have a copy Why there. is that your favorite ever? It's, it's a beautifully done book and it's your work, of course. It just, it's, just, it's some great stories out of Wish Book and it's just, it's just a gorgeous little Halloween book. I'm a big Halloween fan as well. And it's, I, don't know, it's just my, I bought so many copies and gave them to people over the years when he still had them. It's just, just a beautiful, well-written book. One of your longer books, too. It's got it's to be at least 40, 50 pages. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I checked that your new book is actually long. Uh, it's not your shortest book. Wild, uh, Wild Mouse, oh, that you did with shorter. Chris Chambers, yes. is shorter. Yes. yes. Is that including Chris's words? Yes. The thing about The Well-Dressed Spoon, my new one, is that I discovered something that I hadn't known before, which is that if you just put in exclamation marks and blank space, they count as words in the mm -hmm. word count. Mm -hmm. So I can say... This book is 5,000 words, and there's 4,200 exclamation marks mm -hmm. in it. Mm -hmm. um, isn't that well incredible? Done. Well done. Yeah. Well done. Um, 
So, so how long is the exhibit on for at, uh, at Fisher? Until uh, the end of the month, till the end of October. Oh, so it'll be over by the time this airs. Oh, you know what? I might be talking through my hat. I can't actually remember when it's on. Okay. Um, but it just started. It might be longer than that. I would hope so. I hope it'd be on a little past Halloween. Yeah, let's say it's on till November. Listeners can go to the Thomas Fisher Rare Book Library website if you're yeah. in Toronto and check it out. Yeah. Yeah. And they also have all that stuff anyway if you really want to see it. And your papers. All your papers. Well, I haven't been told if they're sorted or not. <laughs> but um, there are boxes there. Like it, it could take hours to sort your papers. You know what? I also gave them all my early journals okay. on expurgated. Mm-hmm. I did not give them my correspondence yet because I used to print every email. I still save every email mm. but um, and letter. But I, f- I feel that might not be the right thing to do. Mm. Considering well, the they've actually asked for the Tala Creek papers, so your, your correspondence with Tala Creek may end up in there. At some point. What is my correspondence with Tattle Creek? No, no, it's uh, it's not very much because you never <laughs> write back. <laughs> it's like the email doesn't work. We'll try Facebook, text. Oh. Well, because I have like we were four... supposed to do this last Halloween, and this we're just getting around to it now because I, it took I, you so long to respond. I have like forty-two rejections from Tattle Creek. That you have zero collection. rejections from Tattle Creek. That's not true. I'm not sure about that. We've I have published to... everything you've given I us. I have to consult. The we library. beg you for more work. <laughs> we even wanted work? to publish your blank page exclamation marks. <laughs> well, there's not much excerptable in that. Well, no, we would have had to publish the entire book, yes, obviously, <laughs> just to get a couple pages. Why do you love Halloween? What is it about Halloween that you love? You know, it's changed. Uh, in the early days, I loved... Well, I, I loved it as a kid, first of all. I loved dressing up, and I loved the candy, and I loved... Most of all, I loved the mood, and I loved the candle smoke smell, and the burning pumpkins in the streets. And um, Then in my 20s, uh, not living in Toronto, I discovered vintage Halloween ornaments. I discovered there is like a world of people that collect and care about old Halloween books and decorations. And I fell in love with those and uh, it triggered a nostalgia for my youth. And then I also developed like an artificial nostalgia for Halloweens that I had never experienced in the 30s and 40s. And now I haven't written about Halloween in a while, but I feel now I have a nostalgia for the time when I had nostalgias for Halloween. <laughs> so now when I see Halloween things, it reminds me of a time when I was like in my 20s and had hope and health. And then I remember I had a nostalgia then for a time when I was young. So it's a really mixed up multiple level nostalgia now at this point. You just blew my mind. Is that true? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So it's a very complex, I went, I, you know, I got sick a couple of years ago with cancer and I, I actually could not imagine caring about Halloween. I, I just, that said, I had a hard time caring about anything. Um, but yeah, in the last year, I'm, I feel all sweet about it and watching horror movies and pulling out my collection of books. And I don't know if I'll write about it again, but it certainly haunted me in a different way now. Hmm. Well, you know, without getting into, we won't get into details, but, you know, some of the things you've gone through with your sickness, it actually sounds like some scenes from some of your earlier books. It so, does. Yeah. It does. There's, um, There's a, a bitter irony there. There is in, in, the, in, I mean, in Dark Rides, there's illness, but in Wish Book specifically, there's a story of a window decorator who gets cancer, mm-hmm. who decorates a Halloween window at the end. Um, in the hall, I mean... I guess even more. I was thinking of some of the more invasive things that have happened to you, but again, without getting into any details. Oh, you mean like stuff up my ass? Uh, without getting into any details, <laughs> we don't want. 
Well, you know, the one good thing about the cancer is I finally did get guys sticking their hands up my ass. Do you have more of an understanding for your own characters now? <laughs> I had not been able to persuade anyone to do up till that point. Um, it's a shame this is what it took, but... But whatever, silver lining. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you're very healthy again now, so... Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so, so it's been win-win for you, really. In the Holiday Arts Mail Order School, it's a series of five lessons in which you learn that the person there is writing about a mother who died of cancer. And uh, it's in completely about cancer and cancer treatment. So I started that before I got cancer. So, But yeah, there's a lot of illness, and then I got it. So are you saying that when I write about things, it will happen to me? No. Okay. <laughs> Because I'm just saying there's a bitter irony. In which case, there'd be a lot A happy bitter irony more, for you, in some a, ways. A lot more bad shit about to happen, if that were true. No, well, I hope not. We're very happy that you're healthy. Well, that's why I wrote The Well-Dressed Wound, which is such a positive book. And so, if any of that happens to me, gosh, it would be good. I like how your, I mean, your sickness did not slow down your output at all. That's great. <laughs> it did. You caught up so quickly. Do you know how long this book came out what this book is just out and the show that smells was 2008 yeah that's a long lag for me no it's not really a long lag in the world of publishing and trying to write and getting blocked and having stuff happen but uh it's not it wasn't my plans my Mm -hmm. plans was to keep putting them out and in fact i have a book that i wrote before the welder spoon called rude do which you excerpted in tallow creek Mm -hmm which is finished and just sitting there and which I fear is terrible, but mostly I feel very distant from it because I did finish it like six years ago or five years ago. And I've lost any sense of who I was when I wrote it. But are you thinking you might put it out still or? Well, I showed it to someone who's read all my books in early drafts and he said it was the worst thing I've ever done. So that threw me. High praise. A bit. <laughs> But then I thought, oh, shit, everything I've done is the worst thing I've ever done. So why not put it out? Exactly. I mean, and given my sales, publishers are clamoring, clamoring for work. We'll keep excerpting it for you if you want. (laughs) Till it's just done. Anytime. Anytime. Too good to me. Speaking of bitter ironies, this is, ironically, by far the longest Tattle Creek podcast to date. Is that so? Yes. I'm such a blabbermouth. I know. You're going to... Blabber some more and read for us. I okay, think. Are yes. You not? I am going to do read. reading for us. What are you going to read for us today? I'm going to read from a seminal Halloween book called The Halloween Fun Book by the Minneapolis Halloween Committee, which was put out in 1937. It's a book I found years and years and years ago, and I've stolen so much content from. Um, in all my books, almost, I have lifted verbatim from this. So, 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 before, so even these few, these 500 words yeah. that are in the book, probably, you probably wrote like maybe 100? words yeah and then I, I took all the exclamation marks from this book and put them in mine um so what this uh it's i'll give a brief explanation uh the in the 30s in minneapolis as in many american cities there were halloween riots and hooliganism and so a council was formed to decide how to make halloween uh better for children and this report went out all over north america and uh uh engendered a, a new kind of a civic idea of how Halloween should be conducted. And this tiny little stapled report is actually longer than your novel. All of my novels. Yes. But I can cons- I've stolen so much from it, I consider it one of my novels. Okay, fair so, enough. So here's the Halloween fun book, Minneapolis Halloween Committee by Derek McCormick, 1937. <laughs> I'm just going to read from the beginning. It tells you why they wrote this. 
Delighted by Halloween fortune tellers and thrilled by trails of terror, youth has vouched its enthusiastic approval of the Halloween party plan introduced in 1934 in Minneapolis. Given the choice between plentiful opportunities for legitimate fun and the black Halloweens of destruction and disorder, boys and girls overwhelmingly preferred the former. That's such a load of shit. And to them, as well as their parents and leaders, goes the credit for making Halloween a gay and carefree party night in Minneapolis. Damage by Halloween pranksters has fallen more than two-thirds. There have been no arrests for vandalism, and nearly 100,000 young people attend Halloween parties and entertainments annually. Engendered by active public support of an organized community effort, a civic habit is in the making. It all began when a group of youth leaders met after Halloween 1933, as Minneapolis, shocked by the depredations and excesses of gangs of boys in Minneapolis and throughout the nation that year, determined that such lawlessness could not go on in their city. Instead of condemnation for pranks, which too often overstep the line, youth should be given the cooperation of their parents and leaders in making Halloween a gala, carefree holiday, the group decided. Uh, and then they have a little sidebar here saying, um, 1931 to 1933, boy trouble, police calls per 1,000 population, 0.31. 1934 to 1936, it dropped to 0.13. As did streetlight replacement and false fire alarms. Isn't that inspiring? That's beautiful, Derek. Thank, Thank you. you. You're welcome. It's not nearly as crude as your books. No, there was the word gay in it, though. Yes, I noticed that. <laughs> What are you doing for Halloween this year? Uh, I'm taking my three-year-old nephew out for his first time trick-or-treating. Oh, nice. I am so excited. He's going to be Thomas the Tank Engine. Mm-hmm. That's not very scary. Uh, he's not into scary. No. But um, I am so ecstatic. I can't wait. Are you going to wear a costume as well? Um, no. No. I... I'd like to wear one of those sexy something costumes. Sexy pervy fag costume. Yes. Yeah. Sexy old. Pervert. I bet it's. I bet. I bet it's out there. <laughs> I bet it exists. Um, no, I want to look like a responsible, uh, trustworthy adult, in hopes that my nephew's parents will let me do it again. You should have your own line of Halloween costumes at this point. Characters from your books. Uh, my God, that's a good idea. It's a great idea. Who can we talk to? Let's work on this. You know everybody. Yeah, well, let's let's work on this. That Phillips kid. We'll get him in on this. <laughs> he knows how to sew. Okay, uh, I'll give you a cut. Okay. Thanks for coming in, Derek. Thanks for having me. I hope maybe you'll come back for our Christmas podcast. I'm sure also to. a big Christmas fan. Sorry all right. I took up so much time. <laughs> it's quite all right. We don't have any listeners yet, so hopefully we won't <laughs> offend too many people with this podcast. We're a new podcast. Okay. But this will either... Make you a break. Shoots, this is either going to shoot the number up or <laughs> make it drop way, way down. I don't, I'll let you know which. Okay. Thanks again, Derek. Happy Halloween. Thanks, Conan. To you too.